This is episode 37 of the Rethink Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Isaacs. In this episode of the Rethink Podcast, we interview Tina Wong from Anheuser-Busch InBev about driving innovation within your company. Look at most company mission or value statements, and you're likely to read something about fostering a culture of innovation. That's not unusual, according to Wong, the global director of AB InBev's innovation community. Lots of companies are rethinking how to do innovation, whether B2B or B2C, whether scrappy startup or tech giant. Yet many innovation labs within companies have failed or been shuttered in recent years, including notable examples at Coke, Nordstrom's, Ogilvy, and others. Wong has five tips for how to be successful driving innovation within your company. Enjoy the conversation, and we hope that you can get one or two takeaways that you can bring to your business. Welcome to the Rethink Podcast, brought to you by Acton Software. We chat with interesting professionals who are rethinking how they approach business strategy, marketing, sales, and more. Listen to get insightful, actionable tips. My name is Tina Wong, and I'm the Global Director of Innovation Community at Anheuser-Busch InBev. Your discussion today was about innovation within companies. Uh, can you tell me why that's important? Or, and I guess that's an obvious statement, but just kind of expand on that. Yeah, sure. I think innovation at companies is hugely important because this world is ever-changing. Um, technology has really changed the way that a lot of people do things, um, people, consumers, businesses, etc. And I think that companies need to adapt um, in order to stay the leaders of industry that they want to be. You kind of talk about, I think it was four different ways uh, that companies can do this. They can kind of build an in-house team. They can create a, a lab. Uh, can you really talk about what, what those four areas? Or Yeah, sure. So um, innovation capabilities, I believe, starts in-house. Um, that's the first sort of business model that I find to be a foundational um, method of success where, um, you know, the companies really need to recruit the right type of talent that will have um, a more innovative and entrepreneurial mindset, something more nimble, um, and allow them to learn about the new technologies that will help them, their capabilities. Um, so in-house is sort of like getting the right skill set, the right people, the right organizational structure, um, where to add those types of innovation roles. Um, the second one is uh, having dedicated labs that are outside of the core business units where um, the innovators can really focus on um, emerging technology and figuring out the long-term strategic roadmap of how to um, innovate. And uh, I recommend that, you know, it's outside of business units or, or that seems to be, you know, sort of like a uh, the popular model um, so that the innovators or the long-term strategists don't get bogged down with the day-to-day business operations. Um, The third model is based on lab, or excuse me, um, funds and accelerators, which has become really popular in the last several years um, from large companies who want to work directly with the startups and the entrepreneurs um, so that they can really influence the new technology or product from ground up so that it benefits um, their company more immediately and that they can integrate them into their operational pipeline more quickly. Um, It's very popular because oftentimes you can also own the IP that comes out of the 
accelerator program and just have a little bit more of a um, uh, an active role within you know that sort of like technology or entrepreneur etc um, so then the, f- the fourth uh, operational model which is somewhat a, a bit newer is this idea of owned communities where corporations have their own group of uh, innovators um, developers students you know computer scientists, what have you, um, that they can work directly with and form a real uh, relationship that is based upon, you know, the love of the brand, the love of um, solving really big problems together. It's not just a one-off engagement like a pilot test or, you know, going through the accelerator program. Um, but really based on um, the spirit of community where it's give and take um, so that you can have a long-term relationship with the people who are enthusiastic about your brand, enthusiastic about your company's um, goals and vision, and um, who you can also give back to as well. With, with ABI, uh, you've kind of, it seems like you've done some of, one of each of those four, right? Um, well, let me see. So... At ABI for um, the in-house model, you know, I was um, working very closely, or I am working very closely with uh, the people in the business who have um, that sort of innovation role. And, you know, I think that, like I said, is very successful because it's fundamental to how companies have to um, change their internal uh, culture and um, core skill set to be able to think that way. Um, You know, without innovation people in the business, um, you know, if you only try to influence innovation from one siloed function or one, you know, external lab, then that's not going to be as successful as if you have people um, at all parts of the organization trying to um, innovate. Um, So I think that's very successful. Um, The second one are the labs. Yeah, so for the labs, um, again, I think that it is successful in that it serves its own purpose of having dedicated team of experts to solve you know, one or more particular set of problems. Um, You know, as with AT&T Foundry, each of their uh, labs focuses on a different type of, you know, problem, one in the health sector, one in the, you know, I'm not exactly sure all of them, Um, but it gives them focus. Like the lab uh, culture, because it's separate from headquarters, because, you know, all people are working on a similar problem, like it gives them a lot of focus and they're not bogged down with the day-to-day details of, um, you know, operation. And then as far as the accelerators and the funds, like truthfully, I can't speak to that um, specifically for ABI because I'm not on that part of the business um, and I wouldn't want to, you know, misrepresent anything. Um, As far as the community goes, um, last year was our first year of going out and, you know, really publicizing it, having events. And... um, Right now, you know, we're definitely seeing um, interest and engagement and we're growing people who are coming into our community. Um, A lot of it is because, you know, we are ABI. A lot of people are very passionate about our products and our brands. And also the business challenges that we push out to them are very um, unique and uh, global in nature. And I think that the challenges, the way that we try to present it is having an impact on, you know, the world, people, society, which always gets people 
people really jazzed. Um, and also, you know, it's definitely a way for us to engage with people who might be high potential recruits for ABI, um, which, you know, is also a great benefit for a specific uh, part of the community population who would be interested in working for us. Um, it's also, you know, brand awareness, um, you know, trying to keep top of mind of all the great talent that is out there from, you know, not just a recruitment standpoint, but, you know, partnership or um, market research, et cetera, because a lot of those people are consumers. And so, um, you know, like I said, we just launched last year, but I'm really excited to see where it goes. You offer um, sort of five uh, tips for how to do this successfully. Uh, can you just kind of go over those and, and why those uh, are important? First, um, I guess sort of guideline is really defining what innovation means. Um, what I said you know, previously is that um, a lot of people have sort of glommed on to this term innovation uh, as the corporate innovation world, uh, you know, blossoms and transforms. And so, you know, there are a lot of different levels of innovation where it's incremental, you know, um, depending on what, you know, product it's innovating, uh, what scope, if you're using technology, if you're going for, you know, a big game changer, like disrupting the the industry, or if it's like a process improvement, you know, innovation could be a large variety of things. And um, I think it can mean different things to different teams within the organization. So it doesn't have to mean the same thing. Um, but I do believe that it's important that before you say, you know, you innovate, um, that you define what exactly innovation means to your role or your team. Um, that will really drive a lot of focus and meaning behind um, the work that's done. I would say also, um, in addition, <laughs> this kind of is like a part two to define what innovation means, but um, because, you know, hopefully you've built your company organizational structure such that a lot of people in the organization are innovating is make sure that everybody has their own swim lanes so that people aren't um, trying to innovate in the same areas so that you can be the most um, efficient with your resources. Um, the second point is getting top-down uh, buy-in and alignment. Um, you know, changing an organization to be innovation-led is is not a small task that can be, uh, you know, driven by a small number of people, right? It really needs to have the enti entire corporation bought into it, has to have executive mandates, it has to have um, people wanting to... Um, or people really believing in the mission. And so um, I think getting top down, you know, bottom up, buy in alignment left and right, like everybody in the corporation has to be behind it. Um, the next one is institutionalizing innovation. So what I mean by this is, you know, if everybody is brought uh, bought into innovation, then there should be uh, ways that innovation is institutionalized within the way that the company does business. So, um, you know, for instance, the example that I gave was a lot of leading CPG companies, marketing teams have the 70 30. Uh, or excuse me, 70-20-10 rule, where 70% of their business plans are the tried and true bread and butter, you know, not much that, by way of innovation. 20% um, are incremental changes to the plan that they want to test and learn. And 10% of the innovation is just completely, you know, off the wall, totally new, tr totally trying, you know, a different way of doing things. And, um, you know, the entire corporation is behind it and that's how they're measured and that's how, you know, all 
all the plans are written, et cetera. So that's really what I mean by institutionalizing innovation so that everybody um, feels comfortable with uh, innovating, I guess. Um, and then that actually leads into the next point, which is in order for innovation to flourish, uh, the companies should really reward risk and smart failure. So, um, you know, if you think about it, like I would be willing to bet that a lot of corporations have targets that are predicated upon successful implementation of doing X, Y, Z, right? And, you know, that's when people get their bonuses, that's when people get promoted, et cetera. And so the incentive there is not to fail. It's not to take risks. It's to perform what you are told and achieve, you know, the, the success that um, you're given and, you know, check that off and then move on to the next thing. And so I would encourage um, people to rethink um, maybe one or two of their incentive structures and say, hey, you know, if we truly want out-of-the-box thinking and for people to stretch themselves and what they can do is why not set targets that reward learning or that reward um you know, diversity of thinking or reward failure. Now, that is a very provocative statement, is rewarding failure. And obviously, it cannot come without, you know, reporting on learnings, reporting on insights, reporting on, you know, how we can iterate this for the future. But if you, you know, allow your teams to um, fail or encourage them to fail, then I would think that, you know, people would be much more willing to stretch themselves out of the boundaries that um, they had been operating in before. And that's one of the fundamental keys of unlocking a true innovation. Um, so, yeah, that's one of my guidelines. <laughs> and then um, finally... Um, I have set the right KPIs and, you know, obviously like, like a, a lot of this, you know, a lot of these guidelines, they seem pretty easy um, and straightforward, but when it actually comes down to implementation and operationalization um, within a large company, it's very hard to fight the culture that has been, you know, sort of ingrained over a hundred years or however long the company's done business. And so when I say set the right KPIs is that, you know, you can't really think of innovation in the same way that you think of your day-to-day -day business practices because um, with innovation, there's so much uncertainty and there's so much, um, you know, newness that's involved that I believe before, to, before getting to the hard business KPIs, whether it's hitting a certain revenue or market share or, you know, whatever it is, is that um, KPIs such as um, consumer awareness or um, even education across the company or um, adoption rate, you know, things like that, that um, need to be set in place before you can even see any type of revenue or cost savings or what have you. Um, those are what innovation should be measured by in the beginning. And I think that uh, a core sort of point of view that, um, makes me say that we have to set the right KPIs is is that um, innovation takes a much longer lead time to prove to be successful because there's so much trial and error and um, education and iteration in order to get it right and so a lot of the KPIs for day-to-day -day business activities um, 
have, you know, don't have that lead time because they've been proven, you know, for however long you've been doing that. But for true innovation, you need to build in the lead time and the corresponding KPIs that will help you um, go from milestone to milestone after each iteration, each iteration, um, before you can realize the, the true business KPIs. Tina, I really appreciate uh, your time today. If they, someone wants to learn more about you or what ABI is doing in this regard with innovation, uh, where can they go? What, what should they do? Yeah, so um, in order to learn more about me, you can go to my website at www.tinawung.com. That's T-I-N-A-W-U-N-G.com. And to learn more about Anheuser-Busch's innovation, you can go to www.tinawung.com ab-inbev.com, where that's our corporate website. And um, actually, I believe there's an open innovation platform on there as well. So um, yeah, check us out or just Google you know, us. Like We have a lot of really interesting articles and you know, going to our YouTube channel um, that will show you know, the latest and greatest of what we've been doing. Great. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Have a topic you'd like us to consider for the podcast? Email us at podcasts at acton.com. We'd also appreciate it if you subscribe to our iTunes channel and leave us a review. Your feedback is important.